Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, all right. Well, hey, how's everybody doing today? That's not good enough. You know that. How's everybody doing today? Come on, let me know. Let me hear you. Y'all are asleep. Some of y'all are still trying to dry off. I know that you got caught in some rain today on your way in this morning, but I am glad that you're here. Let's give it up for our worship team. Did they not do an amazing job? Come on, worship team. Praise God. Praise God for our worship team. Let's give it up for Carlos, who's bringing me a water, man. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Thank you, Carlos, for being there for me. Well, hey. I am, uh, I'm super excited about all that God is doing. This is the final message in our series, Running Yellow Lights. And uh, next week, we're starting a brand new ser- sermon series called Beyond Blessed. And I want you to check out this video as I kind of promote this series starting up. That's the response I expected, right? (laughs) It's like, seriously, Pastor, you're going to talk about stewardship and giving and finances? Yes, I am. We're going to talk about it. I don't shy away from it because I don't want anyone to miss out on the blessing of God. And I believe that there is blessing in your stewardship and your faithfulness and tithes and offerings and trusting God with your finances. It's like the pastor that said to his congregation, Um, And and maybe you've heard this before and I hope I've said it a couple of times over the course of my ministry I don't say it very often, but I have I know I've said it at least once or twice in my life I I said um, this morning. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings and if you're a guest um, Don't feel like this is for you. This isn't for you, you know And and you say that and and it's kind of seems like it's like oh nice I'm off the hook I don't need to give and 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 uh, this pastor told this said this to his congregation and he had a visiting pastor that had came in to, to just be at his church. And after the service, he said, hey, how'd you like the service? He said, great service. Everything was good about it. He said, but I, I, I noticed that you must not believe that God blesses financial stewardship. And he's like, well, why would you say that? What do you mean? He said, because you told people that were guests today not to give. And that, that was reserved just for those that, that would call that church their home. That, that those that were members, if you will. And he went on to give this analogy and he said, I need you to imagine with me for just a second that there was five semi-tractor trailers in the back of the the parking lot. And the the parking lot was full of products and tractor trailers full of Macy's and Home Depot and Best Buy and City Furniture and and Apple. And it's almost like just come and, and take whatever it is that you want from wherever you want. And then you said to them in the middle of the service, hey, listen, um, after the service, we invite all of our members to, to access the trailers in the back parking lot. But if you're a guest today, that's not for you. How does that feel, right? Th- that feels a little bit like, oh my goodness, what are you talking about? That's not for me. Like, 
I'm, not, I'm never coming back. And he says, if you're telling people not to give, as nice as that may set up to be sounding, you don't believe that God blesses people's giving. You don't believe that God blesses their tithe. And, and I do believe in it. I'm, I'm a living testimony of it, and I have examples to back it up. And I hope that you'll join me um, in this series all next month. And you're like, Trevor, all next month? I'm like, yes, all next month. So what does that mean? That means that maybe you ought to, if you're not going to fully engage in this, you ought to schedule some vacations. Maybe you ought to think about doing some side jobs. I really don't want you to, but I'm not going to shy away from it. And I want you to just say, you know what, God, what is it you want to say to me through this series on trusting God and giving God what, what is His? It's, it's a tough topic, but let me tell you, the Scripture is full of examples and, and uh, like 16 of the parables of Jesus like over a third of his parables are on giving and stewardship. So hey, there's something to be talked about and I believe it and I believe it for you. I don't want something from you as much as I want something for you. And I say that oftentimes because I truly believe it with all of my heart. So hey, let's pray together as we start the message and uh, to get your hearts ready for this message this morning. And I also want you to pray for our, our, uh, our women's ministry. There's 31 ladies that are away on a trip. In fact, it's about 11 o'clock. They're supposed to be leaving from Central Florida right now, actually, headed south. And with the weather and everything, we just want to pray for protection over them. So would you guys pray with me over our, our uh, women that are at a retreat coming back right now? So Father in heaven, we give you today. We thank you for this day. I thank you for all that you do for us, and I pray, oh God, that your hand would be upon this, uh, this service, this message, but also, God, upon these 31 uh, women and, and uh, these people that are on their way back uh, from the women's retreat. God, keep them. Thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I want to play a game, and uh, I want to open the message with a game. Is that okay? You guys good with that? So it's the, the, the closing message to the series, and it's blinking yellow lights, running yellow lights, but uh, this, this message is more about some dashboard lights. And then anybody know about dashboard lights on your cars? Anybody have one showing up on your car? Somebody? Anybody? A couple people? Um, I have more than just a gas light. Like I have, I kind of like them. They kind of decorate my dashboard, you know, and it kind of makes me get in the Christmas spirit when I have some red and yellow and green. Y'all don't agree with that, right? So let's, let's, let's try this out. Name that dashboard light, okay? Help me out. What's this one? Easy. Yeah, low fuel, right? Gas. All right, let's go to the next one. Tire, wow, you are really good at this. You know your car. Low tire, right? Time to, to check your tire pressure. All right, what's the next one for the mechanics? Low oil, right? So um, I, I was telling uh, one of our production team, I was like, yeah, the, do the check engine one. He was like, that's not check engine. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's oil, you know? So um, you need to, 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 don't ask me about mechanics, okay? Uh, what's the next one? Coolant, yeah, like it's overheating and you got to be careful because it might be getting hot so you don't want to put uh, just gas. You might need to put some water in the car. You might need to pull off and make sure that the car is cooling, right? So here's one for a newer car. Here's one that, that you might not be familiar with, but let's, this, this is the bonus round. This is the bonus question. Let's see what this one is, if anybody knows what this is. Coffee cup, but what does coffee cup represent? 
Somebody said it. Rest, right? Rest. You guys with me today? Are you guys awake this morning? I need y'all to get a coffee cup and wake up with me. Come on, y'all come to life. Help me out. So it's, it's this concept of, hey, stop, maybe pull off. You're drifting, right? Have you guys seen that? Anybody have that on your cars? I don't either because my car is like 10 years old, you know, and, and, and my car doesn't have a coffee cup there. It's got coffee stains, but it doesn't have a coffee cup. Um, but it's, it's this sign that says, take a break. You've been driving too long and you're drifting. And that's the title of my message this morning. You're drifting. Let's go to Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 22 this morning, starting at verse 39. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples followed him, and on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and he prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to his disciples, he found them sleeping, he found them asleep and exhausted from sorrow. He said, why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. That's uh, Luke's gospel, chapter 22. Now I want to take you to Matthew's gospel, the same uh, instance, the same scenario, but this is Matthew's version of those last moments of Jesus before he was arrested. Do you ever just stop to think about that for a second? Jesus, the son of God, got arrested like, how crazy is that? But, like, if you've ever been arrested, know that you're in good company. Matthew chapter, uh, what is it? Matthew 26, starting at verse 36. And this is what it says. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. That word in the Hebrew is Gethsemanim, which actually means oil press. So he went to this place called Gethsemane, which means oil oil press and it's interesting to me as I think about that because I think about like what what symbolizes the Spirit of God oftentimes in in uh, in everyday um, things does it does anybody know what it is oil I heard somebody they, they knew it oil it's oil the Spirit of God sometimes can be symbolized through through oil and there is this this place that Jesus goes called the oil press where the Spirit of God is really needing to show up because there's a lot of pressure that's coming on Jesus. Why? Because he's know, he knows what's about to come. He knows that he's about to get arrested. He's about to be, be judged and, and, and then ultimately crucified uh, on a cross. And he, he goes to this place and he says to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Okay, so he calls his disciples with him to Gethsemane. And he says, sit, sit here and, and, and then uh, while I go over there and pray. And it says in verse 37, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Okay, so he leaves nine of them here. And then he takes three with him over here, right? He takes G Peter, James, and John, and he brings them a little bit further along. And it says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me and then he it says going a little further he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed my father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as I will but as you will so can you imagine for a second he's he, he comes with his disciples and maybe they're at the entrance or the foot of, of of Gethsemane and then he takes the inner circle the three Peter James and John he brings them here and he says stay here and keep watch with me and he goes just a little further 
he's continuing to go a little bit further for us. And that's a word for somebody today, that he's going a little bit further even for you today. And he falls with his face to the ground in verse 39, and he says, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returns to his disciples, and it says he found them sleeping. And he says, Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. He says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away a second time. So I'm, I'm trying to get you to imagine this, that he comes, he sees them, they're asleep, and then he, he goes back, he says, watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. Spirit is willing. And he went away a second time, and he says, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. And then he returned to the disciples and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. This is God's Word. This is our primary text of the day. But I, I just want you to think about this for a second. He says in verse 38, he says, stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus, their rabbi, their, their Messiah, the one that they believed was the one that, that could save the, the, the world from its sins. He has showed up to do what only he can do. And the only thing he asked of them is, is can you stay here and keep watch with me? Can you, can you just be here, be alert, and stay with me. And they fell asleep. Verse 41, he comes back and he says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into to temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, and, and I'm thinking to myself, like, like, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Like, what was the temptation? Like, falling asleep, you... you might fall into a temperpedic, but why falling into temptation? What's so tempting about falling asleep? But the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak, and there is this battle in our lives, even as we talked about it last week, the, the desires of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5 versus the fruits of the spirit. Verse 43, it says, When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them, and he went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. You see, I, I need you to get this, that the spirit is constantly at war with the flesh. It's constantly at war. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new believer or you're a pastor. The spirit is constantly at war with the flesh. We have to be led by the spirit. The flesh wants to take us back into old patterns. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so he says to them, watch and pray so that you will not fall into to temp, into temptation and, and as I think about that I'm like why does temptation what does temptation have to do with sleep it, it isn't always something that occurs due to willful disobedience sometimes we fall into temptation sometimes just because we fell asleep sometimes it's just because like instead of watching and praying and, and being alert we just kind of start to fall asleep we, we begin to drift and it's that subtle thing that causes you to, to not only fall asleep, but to fall into to temptation. I think that's why cars today will give you a coffee cup warning. 
it might be even a more important warning than low fuel or a low tire or check your engine because those things are temporary and can be fixed mechanically but if you ignore the coffee cup warning and it says hey you're drifting and you don't do something about the fact that you're drifting guess what it could cause harm to not only you but to those around you so it may be even an even greater warning than any of the other warnings that that are given to you it could cost you your life today's message as I say is you're drifting and there's a guy mentioned in the New Testament he's mentioned three different books in the New Testament and I, I don't know, but I'll just take a little survey to see. Most people in the first service had never heard of him. Um, but let me just see. Has anybody heard of this man in, in the New Testament? Mentioned three different books in the New Testament. His name was Demas. If you've heard of Demas, raise your hand. Okay? A couple people have heard of Demas. Okay? Awesome. And I understand why you haven't heard of Demas otherwise. Because it's not a name that you get a, a lot of information on. But I want you to hear what Tim Delana, the pastor of Times Square Church talks about when he talks about Demas. Demas. Colossians chapter 4 is one of the, the, the verses where we hear about him. In, in Colossians 4, it's just 406 words. But of those 406 words, there's one in particular that's big. And it, it tells a story all by itself. The one word is this man, this name of this man. His name is Demas. You see, Paul was finishing up an epistle unlike any other he had written. We call it a polemic letter. It's a written debate. And maybe a better way to put it is that he has issued fighting words to the, the people that were coming against the church in Colossae. You see, they were under attack. And Paul wrote this letter not to them, but to those that were trying to add anything outside to Christianity. So in chapter 1, he challenges them to be grounded in truth. And, and there's no better truth to be grounded in the person of Jesus. And in chapter 2, he puts on his boxing gloves and he challenges those who are trying to get the new Christians to add special days and rituals and visions to their newly found salvation. Paul told them have nothing to do with that in chapter 2. And in chapter 3, he says this is what Christianity is all about. And I encourage you to go back and read it. But in chapter 4, we find that he's mentioning some important people who had been part of spreading the truth of Jesus and he brings up 11 names and with almost all of them he included their their contribution there was Tychicus our beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow bond servant in the Lord who would encourage your hearts there was Onesimus our faithful and beloved brother who was one of your number there was Justice who proved to be an encouragement to me and Epaphras who was always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers that you may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God and Nympha the woman who had church in her house and Luke the beloved physician name after name included some some information and in Colossians 4 verse 14 there was also Demas it says our dear friend Luke the doctor and Demas send their greetings so Demas was surrounded by 11 people who had godly contributions connected to their names. From praying to encouraging to providing their home for church services. And he, he didn't have anything attached to his name. Why does that matter, Trevor? Why is that even a big deal? I mean, it's just, just a coincidental name. And maybe it is. Maybe, it, maybe uh, Pastor Delane has drawn too much into this. But I, I want you to hear it. I want you to think about this. 
You see, two years earlier, Paul wrote another letter called Philemon. And in Philemon, he writes about Demas, and he says this, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers. Coincidence? I don't know. But two years earlier, he's calling Demas his fellow workers. And then in AD 62, when he writes Colossians, he just says, also Demas. You see, Demas was a fellow worker. But when you get to this place, he's no longer labeled as that. Demas gets one more verse in the New Testament. And it comes all the way at the end of Paul's ministry. It's in AD 67. So this is a seven-year period from AD 60 to 62 to five years later in 67. In fact, it's the last letter that he writes in 2 Timothy. And Paul writes this. Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. Five years after the Colossians passage, we learn that Demas deserted Paul. The message says that Demas left me here because he was chasing after the world. How did one of Paul's workers go rogue? How did he turn from loving Jesus to loving this present world? I think there's this three-verse progression that helps explain it. You see, Demas in Philemon uh, was called a fellow worker along with Luke and Mark. And other translations called him a companion in the ministry. But something happened in those two years, something that we don't really have the whole story about. But that, that fellow worker or that companion in ministry was, was removed, it was disconnected, and he was no longer listed as a co-worker. He was just a name, just a name in the church. And, and, he, and he's giving his greeting, but he was just a name, not a contributor. He may have vacated that role as a, a servant in the church. And I think that was the setup. That was the thing that turned his heart. It didn't take long for Demas to exit when he was no longer invested. You see, Demas started drifting. And you get to the end of Paul's ministry, the CEV, the contemporary English version, says that Demas loved the things of this world so much that he loved me. What happened? What caused this desertion? I think that Colossians verse tells the story not by words, but by the omission of words. That Demas is just a name now, just a body in a pew with no investment. He, he was somebody that at first was a fellow worker serving alongside of me, and, and now he's just a name. And over the course of time, over the course of just a slow drift, now all of a sudden, seven years later, from 60 to 67, Demas has deserted me. And he's chosen the world over following the way. Demas started drifting, and my question is, is where are you? If you're in the room today, then you might be a fellow worker, or you might be just a name. I don't think you're, you're, you're the, the second Timothy Demas because I'm not talking about you as if you're not in the room. If, if you're in the room today, then, then it wouldn't be that you've gotten to that place. But let me ask you that question. Where are you? Are you drifting? 
How do you know, Pastor? How do I know if I'm, I'm drifting? Well, here's some ways to know if, if you're drifting. Here's to know some ways that you can kind of measure against to say, man, maybe I need to, 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 to look at the coffee cup. Maybe I need to be warned of the, the, hey, be alert and don't fall asleep. Don't fall into temptation. Here, here's some ways. If you have little or no desire to pray, you might be drifting. What's your prayer life look like? On a weekly basis, on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis, what does your, your prayer life look like? Um, here's another one that might show that you might be drifting. You're no longer convicted of willful sin. You're no longer convicted of willful sin. Like, you know what's right and what's wrong, but somehow you've talked yourself into thinking that this is okay, that this is justifiable. And yet you know the scripture, you know what the word of God says, and yet you've listened to and you've followed the ways of the world and you said, you know what, it's fine because everybody's doing it. You might be drifting if that's the case. Here's another one. If you have more of a desire to be served than to serve, you might be drifting. Your, your name might just come without an attachment behind it. It might be just like, I'm a consumer, I'm not a contributor, I, I would rather just take than to contribute and you might be drifting here's another one you're easily offended everything that i've just said and you're like wow pastor i'm offended well let me tell you and you might be drifting if you can't receive and understand that hey i'm telling you these things not just for rebuke but for correction not just to make you uh angry but to to take offense but to to help you to turn back make the right decisions Here's another way that you might know if you're drifting. You're avoiding accountability. If you're avoiding accountability, that's something that happens in the church. And I, I accept responsibility as a pastor of this church that I think I've, I've let some people down. I haven't taught what, it, what scriptural submission and scriptural authority would say about what it looks like to have this, 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 this like biblical organization to his church. Because there are people in the church that, that have, are willfully just choosing to go their own way, way and, and rebelling. And they say, you know what? I don't care. It doesn't matter. He's not, he's not over me. Well, then you don't understand spiritual submission. You don't understand when, when Jesus talks about, uh, you know, the overseer. You don't understand when we talk about what a pastor is. Like, what is a pastor? Somebody in Spanish, what is a pastor, right? Pastor. It's a shepherd, Right? And a shepherd is a shepherd over sheep, right? So there's this thing that needs to happen where the shepherd is the one that's guiding and directing. Bringing correction when need to be corrected. There's a a disconnect sometimes in people. And if that's the case, you might be drifting. Avoiding accountability, comparing yourself spreading gossip, isolating. You have this rebellious spirit. If you have a rebellious spirit, you might be drifting. I'm not saying you've turned your back. I'm not saying you've walked away from everything. But if it's anything like it was for Demas, if you give it enough time and you don't make the corrections, who knows what could happen. 
1 Peter 1 says, Therefore, with minds that are fully alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. It says, Be alert and fully sober. Don't drift. Don't fall asleep. So you won't fall into temptation. I'm going to invite this congregation to stand with me. Would you guys stand right where you're at this morning? Will you bow your heads as we pray a prayer together, even as I prepare us to respond to this message? Would you just pray with me this morning? Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for the things that you're doing in hearts and in lives. God, I thank you for this holy moment a moment that we get to respond, that it, it's not just a teaching, it's, it's not just a Bible lesson or a Bible study, but God, it's a sermon, and the sermon includes the response from the listener. So God, I pray even now for these, your listeners, these that are here, that they would listen and they would respond, and they would respond in a way that says, yes, Lord. See, you're, you have a choice this morning. Those of you that are within the sound of my voice, you have a choice, and, and you have a choice to say, yes, Lord, or you have a choice to say, no, I'm not doing it, not into it, I don't believe it, it's not right, it's your choice. doesn't matter whether you think you, you have a choice, you have a choice, whether it's a yes or a no to Jesus. So what will you do in this moment? God's speaking to you this morning, if God's speaking to your heart and you say, you say, you know what, pastor, I was a fellow worker, but now I'm just a name. Pastor, I, I, I was doing all of these things and, and now as I, I think about it, I'm, I'm really just kind of a consumer. I, I was doing more and now I'm, I'm just offended because of what someone else did to me or what I think happened whatever the case now is the chance now is the opportunity for you to say you know what here and now i want to become the philemon demas i want to be the one that that is recognized as a fellow worker fully committed back on track i've i've paused to to become alert and 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 wake up from my rest to wake up from my slumber to say here and now I know that God has a greater purpose than for me to just sit on the sideline. And if that's you this morning, with every head bowed and every eyes closed, but you would say, Pastor, maybe you've, maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time. You are a follower of Jesus. You are a Christian. And there's no argument of that. But, but you're like, man, Pastor, I need today to stop drifting. Would you pray for me? Would you, if that's you, just lift your hand right where you're at. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand, ma'am, in the middle. I see your hand back here. I see lots of hands coming up. We've been on my right side all over the room. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. You can put your hands down. Maybe there's a person in the room, though, that's like, Pastor, I'm not a fellow worker. I'm not even a name because I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. Today could be the day of salvation for you. Whether you're in the room or maybe you're online and you're watching uh, through our, 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 uh, one of our platforms, if God's speaking to you today, here and now, you say, I need to make this declaration that Jesus is Lord of my life. I'm going to lead the entire congregation in a prayer. And I invite 
all, all of our believers, just even, even to encourage those that are making this decision that we're not going to pray this alone. If you're going to pray this prayer, we want to pray it with you. So just pray this prayer after me if you believe this and you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life. It goes like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. Forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Today, I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. I don't want to drift. I want to be on track. And I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? If that was you, praise God. Come on, let's give a round of applause to the people that are making decisions. Praise God. Praise God. Immediately, immediately after I step down from here, we're going to sing a closing song. We'll have some prayer ministers that are going to join me uh, right up front. If you need prayer to, to help for anything, whether it's because you made a brand new decision or it's like, hey, pastor, I've been drifting and I need somebody to walk with me in this. This is that opportunity to even have somebody that will agree with you in prayer and pray for you in that moment. Let's do that. And then even after the service, if you need to take a next step, one of our, our ministry team will be able to get you a Bible, help you to make some uh, serious next step decisions so that you're not drifting, you're on track. Amen? Let's sing this closing song together and uh, you come if God's speaking to you. Your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stands above them all. All thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above them all, and the angel cries,
Amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much once again for joining us here at Renew Church. My name is Mikey, and uh, man, were you glad you came to church this morning? Yeah, amen, amen. Awesome, awesome. Just had a great time of prayer down here, and uh, man, that's just one of the benefits of being a part of a church community is having people that you can go to and, and lift up prayers when you're down, when you just need something. That's that's what we're here for, right? That's why we're the family of God. And so um, I'm going to use that to just talk about something that's coming up on November the 4th. We're having a prayer meeting here at Renew Church, 9.45 a.m. Come out. If, if, if you need some some of your brothers and sisters to pray with you or, or you just want to join in praying for the needs of this church and, and just using your gifts in that way, Come and check out the prayer meeting that's happening on November the 4th. It's a Saturday morning, 9.45 a.m. It's going to be a great time. Also coming up, because we, we just, we want to create opportunities for us to hang out and get to know one another. So for the men, we have something for the men. In, any men in the house? Come on. Hey, there it is. There it is. There it is. Awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, guys, leave it up to guys to do something weird at there. This is what we do. We're weird. But men's breakfast, November the 18th at 8.30 a.m. Man, come have some breakfast. Hang out with some of the guys. Let's do some weird stuff together. Let's be guys together. We can uh, fellowship, get to know one another, man. But it's just a good opportunity to, to meet some of the guys in your church and just some brothers that you can confide in, build relationships with, ask for prayer. Like, come on, man. This is a good opportunity to get to know some of us and, and build relationships. Um, and then lastly, there is this... A uh, charity basketball game that's going to be happening. It's going to be between Misfit Youth and the Hope Center. Yeah, that's right. It's happening November 11th, um, and all proceeds, so we're selling tickets for the game, and there's going to be concessions. Our youth group's going to be doing the halftime show, and they're going to be doing the announcers, and it's just going to be a fun, wacky time as we uh, destroy the Hope Center. In love, of course. In love. In love, of course, right? Because we're Christians. Um, but it's going to be a great time. Come and support us. It'll be at 2 p.m. Uh, Princeton Church, the Nazarene, November 11th. Man, we would love to have you. And again, all the money's going to a charity, uh, Hope for Miami, a nonprofit organization that serves the youth of our community, prevention services, things like that. So, so come and check us out. Um, and lastly, I'd like to bring up Pastor Trevor as uh, he's going to bring up our baptism candidates this morning. Amen, amen. So, hey, if you're getting baptized, you got to meet the new me shirt on. You should make your way. Come on, come on, come on. I see you. I see you. I see you. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. Let's encourage them. Come on. Come on. Right up here. Right up here. Come on up here. Come up here. Come up here. Denise, what are you doing walking around there? This is a set of stairs right here. Come up here. God bless you. Good. Yeah, stay right there. Stay right there. You guys are good. Isn't this a great-looking group of uh, baptism candidates? Come on, let's clap for them. Amen. So uh, we have, I think we have a total of seven people that are getting baptized. Some of them, we got rained out right after the first service, so we ended up having to, to move the baptismal, and we're doing it under the covering there. And uh, there's, there's uh, some additional guys that were in the first service that I think are going to get baptized right after this. But uh, this is Denise, Tamra, and Deron, and man, I'm super excited about the steps that you're taking. And I just want to congratulate you on this big step. They're going to have an opportunity to, to share their testimony outside, and I hope that you'll stay for just five more minutes right after we dismiss to be a part of this baptism ceremony in their life. Um, I also want to, um, so I'm going to pray for the, you guys, 
but I'm also going to uh, pray for the offering. So if you want to give to Renew Church, there's always three ways to give. There's the envelope right there in the seat rack right in front of you. There's the, uh, through our website, renew.miami forward slash give. Uh, and then the, the third and final way is to text give to 786-565-1165. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Let's pray and we'll pray over our, our baptism candidates at the same time. God, I thank you. I thank you for all that you do. I thank you for your faithfulness to uh, us as uh, believers, God. I thank you that even when we get off track, God, you uh, quickly call us back and you say, hey, come back. Be back on track. Come back to the Father. Thank you for the Father, just like the, the, the father in the prodigal story where he's running to us and he, he, he takes the, the calf and gives the ring and the robe and the shoes and he says, welcome back. And God, I thank you for these people that are making this decision today, for Tamara, Deron, and for Denise. God, bless them in this decision that they're making to die to them old, their old selves, to be raised to new life as the new me in Jesus Christ. And God, bless the offering. Use it. Use it to multiply uh, uh, the impact that we have in our city, in our nation, and even as we give to missions around the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Join me outside for the baptism. Yes.